Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today, we've got a story of turning a VIP event into a disaster. But first, a story from Ancient Educator 76, French Fry Theory, Delicious Compliance. I run the drive-thru at a fast food king in the southwest, taking orders, making drinks, washing dishes, and cooking nuggets, fries, etc. I've, we've, noticed a trend in ordering fries. Probably inspired by the internet, thanks Al Gore. The trend is a fast food hack where a person orders their fries no salt to guarantee the fries have to be made fresh. Because we salt our fries, it's what we do. Sure, there's those that order no salt because they need no salt, or prefer it, but those are few and far between. Let's just say the only thing liberal about the Valley of the Sun is its application of condiments and especially salt. We've had so many people ordering no salt that we now have a separate section where we make unsalted fries. We hold our fries for 30 minutes and then toss them either way. If you're on the tail end of that, you still get darn good fries. Having us make you fresh fries individually backs up our line by two minutes minimum. So now when people think they're being slick by ordering no salt fries just to get fresh fries that were made recently enough to be awesome. This is also beneficial for those who genuinely need no salt. Because they don't have to wait now. It's ready. To give a specific example, one of our frequent flyers say, yeah, no salt on them fries, after his order. As he gets to the window and says, those fries are fresh, no salt, right? I say, oh, you wanted them fresh? Like a new batch? We make them fresh regularly and make no salt too. We'll have to make you a new batch. It'll be four minutes and you'll have to pull around so we can bring them out to you when they're finished. Yeah, forget that. Just give me what you got. You got it. I definitely get the vibe that OP isn't like dunking on people who genuinely order no salt. It's just people trying to take advantage of the fast food line. Cause let's be real, if you're going to a Burger King or a McDonald's and you're expecting perfection fast food every single time, you're probably hoping for too much, right? Anybody that tries to do this in the intent to get fresh fries is probably expecting way too much out of a fast food chain, aren't they? Let me know if you agree or not in the comments down below. Our next story is from Steffi Yaya. Let all the clients have the run of the place? Fine. I am a co-owner, not the entire owner. I can make certain decisions and change certain things. However, it's still possible for the corporate co-owners and other independent owners like myself to potentially undercut the decisions of others. Keep that in mind before you claim I stood by and let people destroy my business I co-own. Basically, I work for and partially own a media company. We do everything from video and film editing, audio repair and forensics, to music production and engineering. I mostly lead the music production and engineering department, and once in a while the show, film, cinema, movie, streaming, audio engineering aspects. We of course have other owners and a board of other department leaders along with consultants and such. 
The consultants and other purely business-minded and tasked associates are, for the majority, absolutely useless and totally disconnected from the actual day-to-day work of the company, and often come up with terrible ideas that seem great in concept purely to them, and sometimes will attempt to force us to at least try them out. As this is ongoing, I'll share how it's been this far. In not a lot, but a few client reviews and follow-up calls from our also wonderful marketing and sales associates, some clients complained that the environment and mood was too uptight, and the staff was too focused on productivity and didn't let us chill or relax. Being a business that is thankfully heavily booked, and with our staff always giving their all every day, of course our daily focus is first of all safety and comfort of the staff first and then the clients. Since most of the staff, including myself, are women, we get all walks of life and type as clients. As a second, working to ensure the absolute highest quality of production and professional atmosphere that uses the clients and our time as best as possible, which to the sales, marketing, and consultant staff must mean we're doing everything absolutely incorrectly and everything must change, and we still need to maintain our productivity and profit though. So they, sales, marketing, corporate heads, etc., not me or other department leaders, effectively told us about two weeks ago that we should try being a lot more lenient with clients. Not just time-wise, but allowing them to eat and drink in control rooms and live room, even though we have a full lunchroom and cafeteria thing with tons of food and drinks available at all times, and of course, everyone's allowed water in the control and live rooms, along with also effectively telling us that we can only ask people to not smoke, vape, or generally potentially consume illegal substances in the buildings and on premises. Overall, it went as well as I thought it would. We had three or four client sessions. One went very well and they were extremely professional, so there wasn't a single issue with time management and productivity, and the control room was clean and tidy for them coming in and as they left. Two other clients were generally respectful of the facilities, however did leave the control room a mess with food wrappers and bottles everywhere. We had to pay our cleaning crew for more hours and more intensive work, which was a surprisingly high monetary and time cost. However, it was the last client we had under the new policy that was an absolute terror. They smoked heavily in the control room, consumed large amounts of alcohol, were running and jumping around as they were inebriated in the facilities and damaged some treatments and lighting on the ceiling. All that stuff that their deposit and incidentals on their credit cards could cover, right? Sure. The worst was yet to come though. On the last night of their session, after we had to factor in more cleaning time and basically two techs to fix everything they messed with at their own leisure since we weren't allowed to stop them from messing with the patch bays and things in general, They smashed and spilled an entire bottle of something sugary on the mixing console, a recently restored SSL 6KG+. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Effectively, they destroyed the console since the liquid caused arcing and burnt out the majority of the power supply and ruined about half the channels irreparably. That credit card they put down for incidentals? Yeah. Turns out the $12,000 limit on it wasn't going to cover the tens of thousands of dollars in damage to the mixing console and the room. Of course, client disappears without paying or coming up with a payment plan and didn't get their final products of course, so now we have to track them down for claims while the desk and room is currently under repair. 
We've had wild clients before. However, our policy of being intolerant of clients screwing around and potentially hurting staff, equipment, or themselves has prevented any incidents. And even some of the most wild clients we've had have understood it as a professional environment and have been extremely professional while working with us. Yes, I probably could have shut down the policy changes immediately since I completely foresaw the majority of the issues. However, I maliciously complied, as did my staff, to prove in the immediacy and for the future that the marketing, sales, and corporate heads should have zero say in our methodology and policy unless it would truly benefit our staff and clients. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The ongoing part is now there's to be a several day review of the policy change so they can waste time attempting to figure out why it didn't work and how we lost time and money on it. Real smart folks in the head offices. Honestly, I feel like this is a tale as old as time. I think without fail, you look at a lot of situations that are set up in a similar way, and these people who are completely out of touch feel like they need to stick their hands into here and try to fix things, try to improve things and get productivity ticking even better, even if that means sticking their hands right inside the machine and shuffling around some parts that they have no idea does what. Our next story is from Emery Emerson. Not enough info? Not my problem. I'm going to sit back and relax. I'm a US citizen in my early 20s and recently started working a seasonal retail position for a big box office supply store. It's one of those places where employees are made to stand for the duration of their shift, even when in one place, in example, behind a cash register. This is a problem for me. I can walk just fine, but I have a physical birth defect where I can't stand still for extended periods. But that's no problem, right? Since I'm in the US, I have the ADA. I disclosed my disability when I was hired, so I'll just ask to be able to sit on a stool when needed. But it wasn't so straightforward. They wanted a reasonable accommodation form to be signed by a medical professional. While I had been seeing the same pediatrician since birth, His office recently restructured, lowering the cutoff age from their patients from 25 to 18, and I've yet to find a replacement. However, since the information being asked wasn't anything new, he agreed to sign the papers when he got back from vacation. A week later, I had his note saying that I should be able to sit on a stool when needed. I sent the papers to HR, then all that was left was for HR to confirm everything was in order. Problem solved. Almost. After not hearing back from the HR department all week, I got a call from the pediatrician's office this morning. They told me that the HR department reached out yesterday and wanted more info than they could provide without seeing me. 
Confused and livid, I called my HR contact. She explained to me that when needed wasn't good enough for how often I should be allowed to use a stool. They wanted exact time constraints, like one hour of standing followed by 10 minutes of sitting, her quote. So she asked me to choose between remaining on personal leave or sitting for the entire shift. It was at this point that I decided to write out this r slash malicious compliance post because of their own hubris in designing a bureaucracy to deny as many reasonable accommodations as possible. It seems my job just got a lot easier. No roaming around the store, no restocking shelves. Heck, I won't even be able to work the printing department without getting up to walk three paces from the counter to the printer. I'm still waiting for the official written response, but I'm not too worried. I'm going to sit back and relax. I think personally that if you're working like a cashier job, you should be allowed to sit. People are like, oh, well, it looks lazy if the cashiers are sitting. I'm like, why? Anybody who has the argument and the opinion of, well, I don't want cashiers looking like they're lazy sitting, what's the reasoning and the logic behind that? Why force somebody to have to stand? And our final story of the day is from Tired But Don't Want to Listen to Me? Okay. Enjoy ruining a VIP event. Some background, I'm an audio engineer for one of the military bands in the US. Even though I've been working professionally in the music industry for many years prior to entering the military, my lower rank, E4 for those who care, is often a barrier with communicating with higher-ups. Some superiors see the value in my experience and advice, but many others see the rank and disregard my opinions. It's not uncommon for me to be loaned out to non-band events to provide guidance. Also, this story takes place during 2020 when the military was under work-from-home orders. On to the malicious compliance. I was in my barracks room mixing some tunes on an average weekday when I get a call from my first sergeant. He's essentially the head honcho in my unit, just under the commander. Hey OP, unit's having a battalion level change of command ceremony today, and they've had issues with their PA system in the past. Can you go help out and make things go smoothly? Totally. This was a fairly high level change of command ceremony at the lieutenant colonel level, and the past few ceremonies had gone poorly due to technical problems. I was happy to help. I get prepped and make my way over to the location to start poking around the system. The gear being used is pretty beat up. Looks like they chucked it all in a dirty closet. Whatever, still turns on for now. I notice some people setting up the speakers behind the lectern in a way that would feedback as soon as the mic was unmuted. Also, the cable runs were prime tripping hazards with no cable ramps or gaffer tape to hold them down. This isn't just a safety risk, but it's also a good way to rip out all the connections from the gear. There were a few other minor issues that needed fixing, but those were the most mission-critical problems. I go to find the person in charge and spot a sergeant major overseeing. I make my way over to him and introduce myself as the sound technician for the band, here to help and advise with sound stuff. Off the bat, he's a little short with me. What can I do for you, OP? We're a bit busy here. I reiterate that I'm here to help with the PA, and condense my observations into words. I'm partway into explaining the dangers with his speaker placement when he cuts me off. This isn't our first rodeo, so we know what we're doing. At this point, I'm still going to give it my best shot before this event train wrecks. I make my way over to the staff sergeant plugging in speakers, and we start talking about placement and feedback. A minute or two later, the sergeant major comes over and interrupts us. 
Hey, didn't you hear me earlier? We don't need you here. You can freak off. Roger that, Sergeant Major. So I go home and report up why I wasn't able to help. The next day, my first sergeant tells me how horribly the system was feeding back, along with crackles and pops. Totally derailed the vibe, to the point where the new lieutenant colonel chose to leave the lectern and just talk loudly instead of using the mic. Moreover, the commanding general of the base, a three-star, had attended, and was apparently very unhappy with the whole thing. And lo, the next week a memo comes down to me from the office of the commanding general to upgrade the sound system and put together a training on how to run it. Still makes me laugh thinking what the sergeant major's face must have looked like when they figured out that the only person qualified enough to advise them was the one he had told to freak off. I mean, one look at the situation, and you can tell why they failed so miserably. This dude's in quicksand and sinking fast, and they're like, Nah, freak off, can't you see I got plenty of experience sinking? I can get myself out of here. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.